Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. There we go. Everybody happy to be in church this morning? Everybody good? All right. Good. Hey, we got a little life in here. I love it. Uh, if I haven't got to meet you yet, my name's Bobby, and um, I just want you to know, every single one of you, your presence matters. I'm so thankful that you're here and you chose to be here with us today. Um, I also want to take just a second and uh, thank those of you who listen on our podcast. Maybe you don't even know that we have a podcast, uh, but now you do. E- each week we put the sermon on there uh, in case you miss a week or you had to go out of town or something. And so just thank you guys for, for uh, uh, taking part of that. It's, it's awesome to... To be in this, especially in a series like this, we're in day 14 of a 21 days of prayer. And uh, this is a season that we start every kind of school year off with just to recenter our lives, right? Refocus, get our, get our mind back on Christ, get our mind back on things of the Lord and uh, just get refocused. And, and our motto for this whole time is on these prayer bracelets, it's pray first. We just want you to everything in your life, every situation, no matter what it is, to have this mindset of pray first. If you didn't get one of these bracelets, you can grab one on your way out, take this uh, take a seven-day commitment with us uh, as we finish out these last 21 days. But the, uh, again, the, the, the goal is to pray first, but kind of the, the, the model why we want to do this is because we want to get to this place in our minds that prayer is my initial reaction, not my final option. We want prayer to be the first thing that I think of. Whatever I'm going through, good, bad, ugly, you know, great things in our lives, prayer is my initial response. It's the thing that I start thinking with. It's my reaction, not my final option. And I, I firmly believe that, that um, God is, is in our prayer life. There's a really big something flying around right there, so I hope it doesn't get you. Um, <laughs> um, amen. That's going to be fun uh, the rest of this day. Anyways, um, as Pastor Stephen mentioned, there in your seat today uh, on, on this card, and, and it'll be there again next week, we have just received so many of these cards. And at any time you want to come up and lay your request down at the foot of the cross, we've been praying over these. And, and man, can I just tell you, um, no matter what it is you're going through, there's some that they're putting names on there, some that aren't. Uh, bring that up. And, and our team, our prayer team, our staff has been just praying over these. And there's a lot of heavy stuff. There is so many things that I'm reading on there, and, and I'm so thankful that, that you're sharing, but then at the same time, my heart breaks. My heart breaks for so many of you guys that are walking through some really, really difficult things. And, and again, I want to remind you that you don't have to go through that alone. You don't, you're, you're not in that battle by yourself, and you, the, the enemy wants you to believe that you are, but we're here, and we want to help. You don't have to walk these lo- roads alone. And I'm more convinced, I'm, I'm more convicted now more than ever that God has given us this vision to begin a biblical counseling center and a place where, where you, you know, we all go through these times in our lives where we feel like we're hopeless. The, the, the situation looks like there's no hope, and I want to be a place where people can come and find that hope. And um, Christians and non-Christians, uh, and, and I'm just so convicted, and we're working towards that. It's a dream of mine that we can be that place, and we're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks 
Um, but but I'm, I'm just so convicted over that, over these prayer requests. But um, again, as we've walked through this time, I'm going to give you a quick recap. In week one, we looked at this question that the disciples asked Jesus. They said, man, we want you to teach us how to pray. How do you connect with God the way you do? And Jesus gave them the model prayer, right? He gives them the Lord's Prayer that we call it. And, and we looked at the, the model. And then last week, we looked at, of these 600 lists of names, one or two verses come up with this guy named Jabez. And Jabez, we learned a lot from him. And we learned this prayer uh, that he asked God for, what to pray for um, in our lives. And so if you haven't heard those, I encourage you to go back and, and catch up. But today we're going to look at some practical tools. One of the things I love about the Bible, I mean, the Bible's full of wonderful stories, but some of my favorite are when Jesus is teaching, right? Like, like Jesus himself is, we, we get these opportunities where he's sitting down in almost like a church-like setting and he's teaching people. And I love those, those opportunities to hear from Jesus because it makes my job as a pastor easier, right? Like, like I just, Jesus taught it, so I'm going to say the same thing he said. But, but as I've been thinking about this, and, and we're going to look at Jesus' words, one of the things that I want to make sure that we, we really understand about this whole prayer and 21 days of prayer, prayer should never be done out of guilt. Prayer should never be done out of tradition. Oh, this is just what we do. Our prayer life should be driven by our relationship with, a, with an almighty God. Prayer should be driven by relationship. And, and here's why. Because we have a God who's all in on your needs. All in on the things that, that you desire. And, you're, and that, that doesn't mean he's always going to give you everything you want. That's not what I'm saying. But he cares about the things that you care about. It, me, it matters to him. And so I want to settle in here just for a few minutes. So if you have your Bible, go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter number 6. And we're going to read just a few verses. We'll begin reading in verse number 5. But, uh, but again, here's this passage of Jesus teaching. Now, let me tell you who's in the crowd. First one in, in the crowd is Jesus' disciples, all right? These are the guys that are striving to be like Jesus. They want to serve God. They want to love God. They want to do the right thing. Jesus has called them. He's discipling them. And so they're in the crowd. Another group of people in the crowd are people that are kind of like just checking it out. Like, what's this all about? Right? What's this? You know, I've heard of this guy walking around. I've heard of God. You know, well, I want to really go see. I want to really go hear what, what this dude did. And then the third person or third people group that's in this uh, 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 crowd here are the Pharisees. These are the, re the religious elite, right? They're the ones that everybody thought they knew everything. They were the, the high priests. They, you know, they were the ones who prayed and did all the stuff. And so there's, there's a lot of different people in this crowd, kind of just like today, right? But Jesus, he stands up in front of all these people and he gives this real clear, applicable uh, uh, explanation of what he wants, what should happen when you pray. All right. And so let's do this. Let's stand to our feet in honor of the reading of God's word together. All right. Matthew chapter six, we'll begin reading in verse number five. It should be on the screen here behind me if you don't have your copy of God's word. Verse five, whenever you pray, you must not act like the hypocrites. Because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. Verse 6. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Verse 8. Don't be like them because your Father knows the things you need before you ask him. Would you pray with me? God, I pray your blessing on the reading of your word today. Lord, would you use these next few minutes to strengthen us? 
to, to comfort us. Lord, I know all over this room there, is, there are prayer requests on our hearts. Some heavy, some that may feel like theirs doesn't matter. But God, speak truth into our lives today. Help us to leave here with just this fresh anointing from you. Reign your presence in our hearts that we can meet with you today and we can walk out of here different. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today, I think Jesus shows us two, or excuse me, three very, very practical spiritual habits, prayer habits that can change your life. Number one, number one, engage in consistent prayer. Engage in consistent prayer. I love how the beginning of each one of these verses, verse five, what does Jesus say? He says, whenever you pray. Verse six, he says, and when you pray. Verse seven, he says, and when you pray. Notice that Jesus never says, if you pray. Right? He never says, well, if you get around to it and you're not too busy today to do it. He says, no, 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 no. When you pray. So there he implies that, that, that you as a follower of Christ, you're going to engage in consistent prayer time. Think about how much is going on just in your life. If you look at your schedule, right? Look at your week, th- th- this coming week. And for so many of us, we have so many things going on in our lives that, that we're almost too busy not to pray right? Prayer has to be a vital part of all of our lives. We must make prayer a priority, not something that we slip in every once in a while, but it has to be a priority. Consistent prayer. Prayer is like anything else. If you want to be good at something in your life, what do you do? You practice, right? You do that thing. You, you, you try to develop, whether it's, a, it's sports or, or a job or a technique or whatever it is. You, you develop that thing and it becomes a, a habit in your life. Consistent prayer, Jesus says, whenever you pray. And he's talking to these Christians. He's talking to these people that are, that are just like you and I from all different, all different walks, all different uh, uh, you know, journeys on, our, on a spiritual level. But he's telling you, you know, it's not if you pray, it's when you pray. I read this quote from Corey Tinboom. She says this, don't pray when you feel like it. Have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. A man is powerful on his knees. You know what I've found, church, that the, the more I pray, the less I panic. The more I pray, the more joy I have for my day. The more I pray, the, the, the less anxiety I have about the things that I can't control. Spending quality and consistent time with the Lord is important for you and I. Why? Because if we don't do it regularly, then it's not going to become a habit. If we don't do it consistently, it's not going to become a habit in our lives. The Apostle Paul told us, in, in 1 Thessalonians, some of you remember those three words. What did he say? He says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. This is a consistent prayer life. It's not a one time we do it on Sundays at church. God didn't send his son Jesus for you to pray once on Sunday for the rest of the week, right? He asks us to engage in consistent prayer. If you and I want to walk in the spiritual power that is available to us, we engage in spiritual consistent prayer. So Jesus tells this group, whenever you pray, when you pray, when you pray. So he's saying, you need to pray consistently. Number two, he says this, you need to pray privately. Look at verse six. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. 
So let's look at a little context here again. Jesus is talking to this group of people, and a lot of these people in this group are the religious elite, right? They're the ones that that everybody sees pray. And what happens during this time, and and the Bible tells us that these these Pharisees, the religious leaders, they'll get up in the synagogues, they get up in in the churches, and they get on the street corners, and they're praying so loud because they want everybody to hear them, and they want everybody to think, oh, man, look how good that guy is, and listen to his words, and he's such a wordsmith, and man, he's so awesome and their their intent behind their heart of praying was to to hear the praise of people they wanted people to to pour them and think more highly of them and oh man they have a great relationship with Jesus and the end of this verse says uh, when Jesus is talking about them he said pray in private because they they've got their reward what they're getting right now that's all they're going to get and 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 what um Robbie was talking about a minute ago, it hit me this week. You know, a, a lot of us, if, you, if you're a Christian and you love Jesus and you're striving to live your life for him, one of the things that we look forward to at the end of our lives is we stand before God and he says what? Well done, good and faithful servant, right? We want to hear God say that to us, right? But, but the Pharisees, they're, they're wanting to hear it from man, right? They're wanting man to tell them, man, great job. That was a great prayer. You're such a spiritual giant. And Jesus is saying, essentially, do you want to hear it from God or do you want to hear it from man? Do you, do you want God to be the one to say, well done, good and faithful servant? Or do you want everybody around you, you know, all your friends, all your followers, do you want them to be the ones to give you praise? Because if that's what you want, that's all you're going to get. And so he says, pray privately. Pray privately. If you want to walk in all that God has for you, you've got to tap into it privately. Now, here's the thing I love about Jesus. There's so many things, but, but Jesus, as he stands there and he teaches, right? He's teaching things that he modeled over and over and over again. He doesn't just tell us to do something and, and you know, just like, uh, uh, I'm the dad, I said so, right, right? Like, why do I have to do that, Dad? Because I said so. Well, Dad, you didn't do that. No, no, Jesus, Jesus wasn't doing that. And I want you to listen to not, not just Jesus telling these, this crowd to do this, but listen to how he modeled it. All throughout the Bible we see this. Matthew chapter 14 should be here on the screen. L- look at this with me. After dismissing the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray Well into the night, he was there alone. Now let's think about that for a minute. After dismissing the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. I think about this in my life. My my wife is um, awesome, and she tries to teach our girls these, these creative ways to do things. And one of the things she's been teaching our girls is how to uh, tell the house good night. Is that right, sis? Is that what she says? Tell the house good night? And basically it means shut off all the lights, you goobers. You know? <laughs> like, like, and, and, and she tries to, to teach the girls. And so the other night, um, as I was pre- preparing for this and, and, and thinking about this verse, you know, here's Jesus and, and he's teaching and he's walking around and he's teaching these crowds and he sends all the crowds home. And the Bible says that he went up to this mountaintop, all this stuff, and he prayed well into the night. 
And man, this, this, this conviction hit over me. When, when we tell the house goodnight and all, the, all my kids are sleeping and my wife's sleeping, how many times do I just well into the night, how many times is God going to find me just praying and weeping over my family and weeping over my church and weeping over my... How many times is God going to find Bobby praying over throughout the night? I was convicted over that. Because, because I, I, get my, I get my fresh cup of coffee and I spend my 15 to 20, 30 minutes in the morning and I pray and I got my private spot. But, but Jesus is calling us to pray privately. It's not just I'm in my car so I say a little prayer. Look at, look at Mark chapter 6. The Bible says, after he said goodbye to them, he went away to the mountain to pray. Where's dad? Where's mom? Oh, she, she went away. She's praying for a while. Luke chapter 6, during those days, he went out to the mountain to pray, and he spent all night to prayer in God. When's the last time I spent all night praying for anything? And I know what some of you in here are thinking. You're like, man, I'm a, I go to bed early. I can't stay up all night to pray. Look at, look at Mark chapter 1. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, he went out, made his way to a deserted place, and what was he doing? There he was praying. You see this pattern, this, what Jesus modeled for you and I, Luke chapter 5. Yet he often went, withdrew to deserted places and prayed. Like, like Jesus is not only telling these, this group, man, you've got to pray privately. It's not about everybody seeing you and thinking that you're this prayer warrior. It's not about posting everything and, and, and showing everybody how great of a follower of God you are. He modeled this private prayer and he spent time with God the Father. And Jesus says, that's what I need you to do. And I don't want you to miss this. And I, I, I think this is really, really, really important. Because if we looked at Jesus, we would consider Jesus like he had a good church, right? He had lots of people, a lot, big crowd everywhere he went. Every time he preached, every time he taught, every time he did a miracle, many, many people would follow. We would say he had a successful church, but he always took time to leave. He always took time to go to the deserted place, be alone, uh, uh, walk alone at night, get alone in the morning. He always took time to go spend time with Jesus or with God. And you're like, wait a minute, Jesus, you got all these desperate people, these broken people, these people that need healing, these people that need a touch from you. You, you, you got all these people needing you, Jesus. Why do you leave them to go away? And he went to this private place to connect with God, the power of God. And he tells you and I to do the same thing. He tells you and I, we can't care for the broken and the hurting and the struggling. I can't care for my, for, for, for my struggling kids or my struggling wife or the people at my work. I can't, I can't serve all them in this desperate place unless I am practicing to be with God. I got to find that special place. I got to find that place in my life that, that is my prayer, a room, a closet, a basement, a, a, a walk, a, wherever it is, find your place. I want to, <laughs> I was driving home yesterday from Myrtle Beach, is listening to this podcast. I'm not going to be on here real long, okay, I promise, uh, but, but I I want to encourage you guys with this. We're, we're talking very practical, and Jesus is like praying private, and he, he, he's telling us to do this. And, and, and I think what Jesus was, was really trying to say, like, like if you don't have a, a private prayer relationship, then don't expect a, a public accomplishments, right? If you, don't, if you don't have this private 
prayer you know, time with God, then don't, don't be like the, the, the Gentiles. Don't be like the, the Pharisees who are going to get all this in public. So we got to find that, that private time, and we got to eliminate distractions, and we got to concentrate on God. And I'm driving home yesterday listening to this podcast, and, and it starts spitting out all these facts. Did, did you guys know that the average person unlocks their iPhone 150 times a day? Think about that unlocks it, not just touches it. Touching your phone, is it's up in like the thousands of how many times we touch our phone a day. And I know what most of you are thinking, man, those people are crazy. Like, it's not me, right? Like, you know, I don't unlock my phone. Count how many times you unlock your phone, all right? Just spend a day and count how many times. The average person unlocks their phone 150 times a day, right? And, and, and please hear what I'm saying. I'm not some like, like, like crazy person, but I truly believe this. I believe that the enemy, that the enemy can use this device to distract you from getting alone and spending time in an important time with the Lord. So, so take your phone, put it in the other room, away from your private place, away from your place that you're spending time with God, because the enemy doesn't want you to do that. You, you realize this thing is designed, <laughs> all right, I'm getting off on it, I'm going to be mad for a minute, that, 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 that social media is designed for you to get mad, right? You know that, right? Why? Because if you're mad, you're going to keep going back on here to see what they're saying so you can get more mad, right? It's designed to distract you. It is designed, that thing is designed, we're not mad made to have this it's not a phone it's a computer right it's the world wide web in your pocket you're you're not created to have this this unfettered access and and especially our kids and all right i'm done all right i will talk about that another day close the laptop turn the tv off get the phone in the other room and spend private time with the lord and you you realize this place becomes a special place and i'm concentrated and yeah i got a hundred things to do but i'm gonna take this time to spend my time with the lord because when i pray and i go into my private room and i shut the door the father who is in secret he hears me and he's going to reward me the bible says and it's important it's important for you and I to, to have this place, to have this time, and that we do it to seek God's approval and God's approval alone. Let me challenge you to find your place privately. Number three, number three, the third practical thing that I think we can learn from Jesus. Look at verse seven and eight. When you pray, Don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Number three, pray with genuine intent. Don't just pray and say all the traditional things and what everybody, you think everybody wants you to hear and and all the impressive language, right? I love verse 8. I think verse 8 can bring, you, bring us a lot of hope. Verse 8 can, can, bring, can free some of you today. Because listen to what Jesus, this is Jesus telling us this. Your father knows the things you need before you ask him. God wants you to speak from your heart. He wants you to tell him authentic, genuine, this is what is going on. God, I'm angry. God, I'm mad. God, I'm upset. God, I'm scared. God, I'm fearful. God, I don't. He wants you and I to have this genuine relationship, this real personal conversation with him. God, this is the real me. This isn't the the fake me that everybody thinks I got it all together. God, I don't know what I'm doing. 
God, I need you to show up. God, I, I, I'm struggling with being the dad you've called me to be. I'm struggling. God, I don't feel like a great mom right now. Be genuine and authentic in your relationship. Read this quote. Our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. That's good. It's not about, it's not about what I'm saying. Am I saying the right words? Like, like, like I, 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 this morning, I, I asked Emma. Emma came up. She's my oldest daughter, and she came up this morning in the first service, and she kind of gave a little bit of testimony about why it's important for, for teenagers to, to be in small group and be in godly community. And, and you know, I asked her like two or three weeks ago, and of course this morning I was like, you ready? And she's like, I don't know what I'm going to say, right? And she's like, Dad, I'm, I'm nervous. I, I'm, I'm going to mess up. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do a good job with this. And, and I said, Emma, just you know, speak from your heart. Be, be real honest about why is it important for you to have community in your life. And I think so many of us, we're, we're, we, we kind of feel like, Emma, I don't know what to say when I go to God. Like, like how am I going to mess this up? I, is he going to be mad at me? Am I going to say the wrong thing? And Jesus is like, listen, he already knows what you need. Just be honest. Be genuine. Talk to him. The psalmist says this in, in Psalm 62, verse 8, trust in him at all times. And, and man, if you're an underliner, underline this. Pour out your hearts to him. For God is our refuge. He is our safe place. He is the, 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 the sanctifier that brings all of it in. All the stuff that you have. All the struggles. All, all the, you know, the things that you don't think anybody else knows about. He already knows. So when you go to him, be genuine in your intentions. Because whatever matters to you is a priority for his attention. Whatever matters to you, if it matters to you in your life, then it matters to your Father in heaven. He wants to hear what you have to say. Be honest, be open, be real, be authentic. It's not this, uh, uh, you know, and, and I, I partially blame churches like we've created this kind of environment that it has to be done a certain way. It's, it's between you and the Lord. It's your relationship. And he wants to, to hear from you, the real you. And we've got to remember that, that God's power is released to you and I through prayer. And Jesus is telling this, and, and, and he's trying to tell these disciples, and he's trying to tell these people on the fringe, and he's trying to tell these religious elite, like, hey, man, if that's the reward you want, that's all you're going to get. But, but here's what I need you to, to see. Here's these healthy habits that, that you need to have in your life. You need to engage in consistent prayer whenever you pray, when you pray, when you pray, when you pray. Jesus keeps saying engage in consistent prayer. Pray privately. It's, he, he's not, he, obviously, he's not saying you can never pray in public, right? He's, he's, he's saying like your lifeblood, your, your lifeline is connected in your private prayer time. You want to serve others? You want to love others? You want to be able to have the power to, 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 to help people in your life? Then you pray privately. And then finally he says pray with a genuine heart. Pray with a genuine heart. Tell God what's going on. He already knows. You can't fake it to him. He already knows. So this very practical, healthy habits that God gives us for our prayer life, easy things that you and I can put into our lives today.
right? Easy things. Like if you don't have that, that consistent prayer time, let me encourage you. Get on your calendar, whether you got the old school and you write it in still, or you got it on your phone, wherever it's at. Put it on your calendar. Schedule your time consistently with the Lord. Find that place in your life, that, that private prayer place, what, what, closet, basement, whatever it is. Man, I've, I've, I've seen some of you have some amazing prayer, prayer places, and I love that so much. It's a place where you can go. It's your refuge. You can go and you can call on the Lord. Maybe today God's calling you that, that you don't have to fake it. You don't have to act like you got it all together when you're spending that time with the Lord. Just be honest. God, I'm struggling. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Help me. Give me wisdom. Put people in my life. Give me a small group. Whatever it is, be genuine. But God gives us these healthy prayer habits. And so this week I was thinking, you know, uh, uh, th- these are pretty simple, right? Like, like Jesus made it pretty easy for me this week to, to preach because he gives us all the answers. But I thought, well, well, I, wanna, I want you to hear from someone who puts these into place, someone who has a prayer life and, and, and someone who um, has, has a story about their prayer life. So I've asked uh, Greg Winget to come on up. You guys give Greg a big round of applause as he comes up. Thanks him. Now, Greg, I've set you up here pretty good, okay? So, no, um, Greg and his wife Shelby and their, their boys have been with us for almost a year now, about nine months. They moved from up north. They got their heart right with the Lord and got down here. And, uh, but they have uh, jumped in since, uh, since the first day they've been here. They've jumped in and they, they serve really well, and you, you've, you've probably all seen them, and very friendly and just helpful in a lot of things. But one of the things that has stood out to me um, is they serve on our prayer team. And so these prayer requests that have been coming in, they're, they're part of the team that's been praying for you. They're part of the team that's been lifting you up. And um, they've, they've not only said it, but they've modeled how prayer is a really big deal in their life. And so I just asked Greg to come up here today. We did cheat. I did give him the questions before just to, to help him out. But um, Greg... When you're talking about your approach to prayer, is this something for you? And, and we're all different. Is it more structured time? Is it more loose and spontaneous? What's, what's kind of your approach to prayer? So I would, say, I would say my prayer life is a lot like my regular life. So if there is a regular life outside of prayer life, it's pretty structured. Um, so pray before meals, before bedtime, pray for the boys at school, pray for their lives, pray for safety and travels. But that doesn't mean that I can't step out of that structuredness and pray over people and pray when people come to me and say, hey, can you pray for me about this or that? So I I can do unstructured when necessary and when needed and when asked, but for the most part, it's pretty structured. So in your daily routine, is it in just in a life, two teenage boys, you know, life is, it is what it is. How do you find time how do you or how do you make time in your daily routine for the lord so we're actually called as pastor bobby mentioned in this the verse was up there we're we're called to pray without ceasing so i think it's not for me about making the time it's it's really about when i go to god and and i'm not perfect about this like i should probably go to god about everything uh, but we go to God about definitely the big things and sometimes the little things like, you know, the meals. That's, for the most part, most of the people in the room probably don't struggle with where your next meal comes from. But in general, being thankful for every meal, you know, that that might be a small thing for some people, but 
there are people around the world who that's a really big thing too. Yeah. So um, you guys been followers of Christ for a while now. Um, share just um, a story, and you shared it in the first um, service, and it was phenomenal, just about how you guys had some prayer requests, and God showed up and did some amazing things in your life. So when Shelby and I got married, we knew we wanted to be parents, so we knew we wanted to have kids, and we tried for several years after we were married unsuccessfully. We, we never really had any close calls. Um, so we went the route of in vitro, and in that process, they told us, well, based on where you are in your lives and, and what you've gone through, et cetera, you have about a 5% chance to get pregnant. So that isn't just have a kid, it's 5% chance to get pregnant. So for us, it was like, oh my goodness, if you know anything about odds, 5%, not, not really good odds. <laughs> um, but in general, we went the process of, of in vitro, and we said, you know, God, you got this. Um, so we actually had five embryos that were implanted, and Shelby had a blood draw, and they called us to say, you know, based on the results of your blood draw, you're pregnant. So then two days later, we went back in, and she had another blood draw, and they called us back the next day and said, um, I'm sorry, but you're not pregnant anymore. Um, so we took that call in the kitchen, Shelby and I did, and there was a lot of crying. There was a lot of praying. The consistent thing that we would say to each other is, our God is bigger than their numbers. So throughout the entire process, we continued to feel that way. Two days later, we went back in again, and she had another blood draw. And uh, they called us back the next day, and they said, oh, you are pregnant. So their speculation was that we were pregnant with more than one, and we lost the more than one, but we kept the one. Um, our thought was is that God stepped up and answered our prayers. So the answer to our prayers in that case is the kid in the back in the green shirt that's running the <laughs> AV, that's miracle number one. And if you know us at all, you know we have two kids. The other kid, and I don't even know where he is, he probably went to the bathroom. Um, he's actually adopted. So we didn't even test God again with the whole process. Uh, we tested God with the adoption process, which can be just as harrowing. But in general, we have two wonderful kids, and, you know, definitely thanks be to God for all that. Amen. Amen. And, you know, today some of you may be walking through similar, like, situations where it, it, it seems impossible, right? You're facing impossible odds or 5% odds. And uh, so, Greg, what's, what's, like, one sentence? What's, what's some advice you would give to those that are sitting out here today about just going to the Lord in prayer. So even if it doesn't feel like God is doing something, he's doing something. Mm. So I would say with that, just keep praying. Amen. Amen. Can you guys thank Greg for coming up and, and sharing? What I've realized over this, uh, these, these couple weeks as we're in the third Sunday of doing this, and I'm going to be honest with you, of 20 months we've been going now, 21 months, almost two years, and um, the, the prayer requests that we've received during this three weeks, and, and Pastor Stephen mentioned it a minute ago, it's, it's been in the hundreds. Like we've got more response for 
prayer requests than anything we've ever asked to respond to. And what that shows me is, man, life can be tough. For, for some of you, man, life is just beating you up. Situations are coming and you, you're having nights like, like Greg and Shelby sitting in the kitchen with tears and begging God and asking God to show up. And these are some great practices that Jesus gives us straight from his word. But, but what I truly believe is what it all comes down to one word. All of this coming to, comes down to whether I'm going to put these practices in place or not. It comes down to one word, and that word is trust. The, the internal question that, that you are answering today and every day of your life is, do I trust God enough to handle this? Whatever this is, do I trust God enough? If so, we're going to build these healthy habits. We're going to put these practices in place. We're going to go to, go to the Lord because, God, I trust you. You're bigger than me. You can handle it much better than I can. And it's not just a, a, a one thing we do while we're sitting at church on Sunday. All right, God, I trust you. Take care of it all, right? I have to answer this question every single day of my life when I get up. Like, do I trust God today? All right, well, then I'm going to take all of this baggage and hurts and wounds and struggles and dreams and visions and hopes that I have for my family. God, I'm, I'm going to put it down at your feet again today. And I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to wake up the next day. I'm going to do it again. Why? Because, God, I trust you. And and, and as I, I was thinking about this this week, and, and man, it's so hard because these I just wish some of these things I, I, I could share with so many of you guys just to see the hurt and the brokenness. And I want you to understand something. How do I trust God? Well, I have to make sure I have a good view of who God is. I got to really understand this God that I'm going before, right? And, and, and where do I, I go to God's word? I find God's word. And, and I, want, I want you to just listen to this verse. And you can read it along with me on the screen. And I want you to get a real quick view of who God is. And you've probably read this before, but I want you to understand it. Hebrews 4 verse 15 says this. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Stop right there. He's not like this, this perfect God that, man, he doesn't understand what I'm going through. He's a perfect God who sympathizes and gets my weaknesses. One who has been tempted in every way as I have been, but is without sin. He understands my heart. He understands my struggle. He understands the, the things that I'm walking through. And because he understands that, because he's this kind of God, look what I can do. Let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. I don't have to sit and wonder, God, are you going to help me? I can approach his throne with boldness. Why? Because he, he's able to sympathize and he knows what I'm walking through. He knows the struggles. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. My prayer for you this week is you would take these prayer practices and that we would walk out of here and that we would be with a mindset that I'm going to approach the throne of God with boldness. Not with, uh, are you there? Uh, are you listening? Is it okay for me to pray what all I've done in my past? That I would approach God's throne with boldness and I would be able to answer the question, I trust you, God, every single day to take care of what's going on in my life. That's who God is.
That's, that's who Jesus is teaching the disciples and the Pharisees and the fringe. He, that's who Jesus is teaching them who God is. He's a God who hears. He's a God who cares. He's a God who saves. He, he is the great I am. So whatever you're walking through today, approach the throne with boldness. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. Right now, in this moment, all over the room, in the quietness of your heart, let's, let's, let's start this practice today. Let's start this habit right now. Approach the throne of God with boldness right now. Let me just encourage you. It's between you and him. don't have a relationship with Christ, this whole prayer thing, and Jesus and God, you've heard of it, but you don't really know him. You don't have a personal relationship. Let me tell you this. God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for you so that you would be able to approach the throne of God, so that you would be able to have your sins purified and forgiven. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let me just tell you this. It's the number one most important decision you'll ever make. And we've, we've taken a lot of precautions. We've, we've set this thing up. We've thought through everything. And we want to encourage you on your way out today, there's a, there's a white tent back there. And there are people ready to take God's word and pray with you and show you what it means to have a relationship with Christ. None of this other prayer stuff is going to work. This prayer practice, if you don't have that relationship with Christ, take that step today. If you're here this morning, I pray that you would approach your prayer life with boldness. Put some of these practices, put some of these habits into play. Start today. And watch God show up in your life. If you need somebody to pray with you over one of these prayer requests or something going on in your heart, stop by the tent. Our pastors are back there. Our staff is back there. Our care team. They would love more than anything to walk with you. You're not alone in that journey. Father, I pray your blessings on this day. Lord, I pray over every family in this room, from the youngest to the oldest, God, would you pour out your spirit upon us this week as we seek you like never before, as we, as we pray first. God, as we, as we fast, Lord, would you show up in a mighty way in all of our lives. You know the things we need. You know the, 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 the differences we want to make, God. You know the people in our lives that are, that are tough to deal with, that are good to deal with. God, just give us more of you this week so that we can go into this world and make a difference. But I pray for those in this room that the enemy's distracting them. The enemy's keeping them off the right track. Lord, I pray that this week, today, would be the day that they come back and find this fresh wind and vision and fire to serve you, to love you, to honor you. And Lord, continue to use City Hope Church to see more and more people experience you. We love you, we praise you, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name.
Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.